Hey guys, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. So we're on chapter 14, and chapter 14 starts with Surah Al-Hijr. This surah begins by stating, the Quran is very clear about what is right and wrong. There will come a time when people will wish they were Muslims, and on the day of judgment, they will wish that they had accepted Islam and followed properly. Allah says, let those people live their lives. Let them do whatever they want. If they want to smoke, drink, party, let them. If they want to chase money and fame, let them. Let them follow their desires and be stubborn. They'll just have to learn their lesson the hard way and then they'll wish that they could go back in time. They will wish and beg to be given another chance, but there won't be any second chances. The disbelievers would say that if what we're doing is wrong, then why haven't we been punished already? Allah says, why would I punish you without giving you a chance first? You obviously didn't know before, so now that I'm sending you a warning, now if you don't listen, then you'll be punished. Allah gives us a certain amount of time before He punishes us. So don't think that just because you haven't been punished right now that you're safe. Nope, that just means Allah is still giving you a bit more time to realize your mistakes. But don't get comfortable either. You never know that any second of your life you could be slapped with a huge problem. The disbelievers would ask, why hasn't an angel come down with you to announce your prophethood? And Allah says, I don't send angels down just for fun or just because people ask. First of all, your eyes wouldn't even be able to see them. Second of all, when angels do come down, they only come down to bring the truth and justice. They come down when Allah wants to teach someone a lesson. The disbelievers would call the Prophet peace be upon him crazy, but Allah tells the Prophet, don't worry. We sent so many prophets before you and they were all called names and told they were crazy. But then those people were wiped away. Allah says some of these people are so stubborn that even if Allah opened a gate to Jannah so these people could climb up to it, they still wouldn't believe. They'd think that they're dreaming or hallucinating or under some sort of spell or drug. Allah tells us how He created the stars and the planets to amaze us, to show us another sign of Allah's design. But some people have taken it the wrong way. They think that the stars will help them predict their future. They believe in horoscopes and astrology, and they don't realize that it's all haram. Allah said that He has limited shaitan's movement just to this earth, meaning they don't have access to every part of the universe. And these jinns and shaitan, they try their best to put their ears right against the bottom of Jannah just to listen in on Allah's conversation with the angels, to get information about the future and then they take that information back down to the sorcerer. So this verse is referring to fortune tellers, babas, beers, palm readers, and those sketchy shakes that tell you that they know who did the magic on you, or that they know who you will marry. All of this is haram, it is shirk. Allah says that those jinns who try to eavesdrop, they are shot down with flaming meteors, and if Allah allows them to go free, they take down whatever information they learned and mix it with a hundred lies. So yeah, sometimes whatever that Baba said might come true or might not come true, but it will always come at a huge, huge, huge cost. Those who get involved in such things, their lives literally just turn upside down. I made the mistake of falling weak into these things and I learned my lesson the hard way. Which is why I'm telling you, do not do it. No matter how badly you want to know if your aunt or best friend is behind the magic or evil eye, don't do it. So Allah tells us how He has provided the earth and all the creatures with everything that they need. That Allah has carefully measured how much food, water, plants, air is provided to us. Have you ever thought what would happen if air ran out? We'd all die. But Allah has provided that for us, yet we take it for granted. Allah says He is the provider. Allah has all the treasures in the world and Allah gives it to whom He wants, when He wants. So don't be jealous that someone has something that you want or that everyone has a job and is married and you aren't. If you want something, just ask Allah. And remember, Allah will give you what you want, but at the best time. So just be patient. Allah tells us again how He made humans out of clay and made jinns out of fire. How He made Adam from this clay and then blew life into it. 
and everyone bowed down to Adam except for Shaitan, out of arrogance that he's better than that clay creation. So Allah banished Shaitan. Again, this is a huge lesson to not only the disbelievers at the time, but also for us. Arrogance is haram. It is said in hadith that anyone who has even an Adam's weight, an Adam's weight of arrogance, will not be allowed into Jannah. And this includes those religious people too, who think they are better than the ignorant Muslims. So we already went over this story in the previous surah. So Shaitan basically challenged Allah, asked him to give him the chance to prove that he's better than the humans, and Allah agreed. Shaitan promised that he would do his best to lead people astray and make people forget Allah. He will make you fall in love with this world. Ask yourself, are you one of those people who make up excuses that they're too busy to pray, too tired to go to Taraweeh, that you just don't feel like reading the Quran? Do you prioritize fun, pleasure, and friends over reading Salah or putting in effort during Ramadan? Well, sorry to tell you, but it looks like Shaitan has occupied your mind. Allah tells us how there are seven gates to hell. Each gate is meant for different groups of sinners. Again, Allah reminds us that He is the most merciful. He is super forgiving. Your sins can even reach all the way up to the bottom of Allah's throne and Allah will still forgive you. Every and any sin, if you repent and change, Allah can and will forgive you. But at the same time, if you abuse Allah's love and mercy, the punishment will be extremely painful. We're all like that. This is exactly the excuse that we tell ourselves that, oh, I'm not that bad of a Muslim. I don't drink and smoke. If I go to a party once, it should be okay. I mean, at least I pray, right? So that's enough for me to be a good Muslim. Or, oh, I'm so young. I'll stop doing these bad things soon, right? I'm sure when Ramadan comes, I'll just ask for forgiveness and start over. No, no, no. This type of thinking is abuse of Allah's mercy. You're taking advantage of Allah's patience with you. So stop doing that. Allah tells the Prophet ﷺ to remind the people again of Prophet Ibrahim's story. Since people asked, why don't angels come down? This was an example to show that angels only come down to either bring truth or bring punishment. The last surah we learned that Prophet Ibrahim was visited by two strangers who revealed themselves to be angels. They came down with good news and bad news. The good news was that Prophet Ibrahim was going to have another son, and this will be his first son with his second wife. They were both praying for a child, and now when Ibrahim is 100 years old, Allah is finally blessing him with one. Of course, the Prophet Ibrahim and his wife were a little shocked that they've been asking for so long and that now Allah decided to bless them? Which shows, Allah gives whatever blessing He wants at the best time. So this was the best time for Ibrahim and Allah knew best. So the bad news, if you remember, it was to tell Ibrahim about how the angels were on their way to destroy Prophet Lut's people. And so after visiting Ibrahim, they went to Prophet Lut and warned him, you gotta pack up and leave with your family at night, except your wife since she's a supporter of the non-believers. Leave and don't look back. And then the next day, the angels demolish the city completely. Now you see, when angels come down, they either come down with a message or a huge punch. So Allah refers to the people of Al-Hijr. Al-Hijr was the capital of Thamud. This surah is named after that city, and Allah is telling us about those people and how they refused to listen. Their houses were actually built in the mountains. And so when they were all wiped away, Allah says, the remains of those people and the destruction of that city is still visible. So if you don't believe what we're saying, go take a look. The Prophet Muhammad and his people were struggling a lot financially. And the disbelievers, the Quraysh, they were swimming in money. Allah could have easily given his beloved Prophet money and economic success. But Allah told them, listen, don't get sad over all the money and wealth other people have. Allah said, I've given you guys something that is much, much, much more valuable. The Quran. In fact, those people should envy you instead. Allah said that he gave us a huge treasure in the Quran. Seven verses that are repeated the most in the entire world. Surah Fatiha, the first surah. It is the most recited verse in the entire world from any book. All Muslims recite this verse in every rak'ah, in every salah, all around the world. 
That is a much greater treasure. Allah says don't even glance at the worldly goods, meaning Allah knows how easily we get so fascinated by bags and by cars, by shoes, by shiny things, like how when we go window shopping. Some of us really can't control ourselves, right? We feel so bad when we look at all the things that we want and we can't have. It makes us feel unappreciative. That's why Allah is telling us, don't even look at those things. Why do you make yourself feel so bad? So this was a very difficult time for the Prophet ﷺ and his people. Money was tight and it was very difficult being harassed by the disbelievers. So Allah tells the believers, and this applies to us too, anytime we are mocked or bullied for following Islam, anytime you feel awkward about practicing Islam in front of non-Muslims or say praying in public, just keep Allah's remembrance in your heart. Make zikr, forgive those people and just make zikr. Allah will give you the strength to get through all of it. So this is where Surah Al-Hijr ends and chapter 14 continues with Surah Al-Nahl. So this surah starts by stating that Allah's judgment has all but come. For all the disbelievers who kept taunting the Prophet by saying, So, where's our punishment, huh? Allah is saying that your time is almost up, so don't be in such a hurry to get destroyed. Allah has created the heaven and the earth as proof of Allah's divine power. Allah created humans out of a tiny sperm drop, and yet they grow up to argue about how they're alive. Allah has created all the different beautiful animals. Allah has created the horses and the mules for us to use. Can you imagine if there weren't any horses or camels in the past? Humans would not have been able to advance so quickly without being able to travel. They wouldn't have been able to carry all their stuff to migrate from city to city. Can you imagine walking with your suitcase on your head? How far do you think you'd be able to get? In fact, Allah has created a lot for us. Some that Allah says we don't even know about. Can you imagine that? Allah has created something for us that we use but don't know about or can't see? Allah has created the mountains and the oceans. Geologically, I don't think people realize how important mountains are. People just think that they're there for fun. No, every structure in this world of ours is carefully designed for a purpose. Mountains store water when it rains. It's kept as snow and then comes down to form rivers and lakes. Without the ocean, the earth would be burning right now. The oceans are what keeps the earth's temperatures just right. And without the oceans, we would have no rain. Without these structures, humans would not have been able to survive or live on earth. This is why you should reflect more. Next time you're walking on the beach, reflect. Next time, even if you're eating a fruit, think of all the different flavors, the design of the fruit. Stare at the stars and wonder why and how all of this stuff exists. Allah has given us so many blessings that we really don't even think about them. So Allah tells us how many of the mushrikeen, the disbelievers, they would make up lies about the Quran so that any person who was interested in learning would stay away from it. Even today, people still try and make up so much stuff about it. Oh, the Quran says kill everybody. Quran says you can rape girls, etc, etc. Allah said those people will not succeed and they will be punished for leading people astray. Again, the Prophet ﷺ was trying really hard to convince these people to give up worshipping idols. That's who they were mainly struggling with during this time period, the idol worshippers. The idol worshippers would ask the Muslims for proof, so the Muslims would ask for proof back and they just wouldn't be able to show anything. Their idols just could not help them like Allah said. Allah says look at everything in this world, living and non-living. They all have a shadow that bows down to Allah. The trees, mountains and buildings, they all cast a shadow and are constantly bowing down. All living creatures and even the angels are in prostration to Allah. In fact, it is said that the closest position a person can be to Allah is when they are prostrating, when they're making sujood, when a person's forehead is on the ground and they're on their knees. So make all your duas while you're in sujood. Allah mentions all the amazing food He's provided humans. Milk that comes from the cow, fruits and vegetables that provide you nutrients. Allah talks about how He created the bees and gave it a purpose. They go and build hives and they produce honey. Two things. 
It is insane how organized bees are and how nicely organized their hives are in a hexagonal shape. Second of all, do you have any idea how important bees are to the world? Have you ever read one of those articles that say that if bees were to die, then humans would have five years to live? Google it, you'll find the answer. But this just shows again how Allah creates everything for a reason and with a specific purpose. As well, honey is a super beneficial food. The science behind it is absolutely crazy. How it's so good for your health, good to protect you against bacteria and sickness and so much more. So next time you eat, think, where did all this food come from? Without plants and animals, we wouldn't even be here right now because what would we eat? Hair? Allah is the one who created a spouse for you, from whom you had children and grandchildren. Yet some people think that they can get pregnant by going to babas and you know witch doctors, hoping that they can bless them with a baby. This is wrong. Obviously the idol worshippers thought that they could just go to a pier and ask them for a baby whenever they wanted, and Allah says that's not how it works. Allah is the one who created you from your mother's womb, gave you hearing and eyesight. But do we use that the right way? Do we stop ourselves from watching bad things or stop ourselves from hearing bad music? We have made it so casual to watch TV and movies that have girls wearing bikinis. We listen to music about drugs, sex, and violence. It has become so normal that we don't think twice about it. Forget the fact that all of these things subconsciously affect you. Don't you think Allah will ask you about how you used the hands He gave you, the eyes He gave you, the tongue He gave you? There are so many things that Allah has designed that we don't think about. Eyelashes, for example. They aren't just for beauty. They protect your eyes from dust. The hair in your nose. They filter the air that you breathe. Why even have a nose, right? We can breathe from our mouths if we have to. But Allah gave us a nose so that we can smell. Does anyone think of any of these things? No, they don't. All people think about is the next new phone that they want, the new series on Netflix, or what shirt I'm going to wear to the club this weekend. Wake up, people. Open your eyes. Allah tells us the best way to have a successful society is to be honest and just. Be kind and loving to each other and your family. Don't take away people's rights and avoid immoral acts. Immoral acts include any type of crime, being vulgar, adultery, zina, abusive language, nudity. Allah tells us to be honest and fulfill your promise with Allah. Fulfill those promises that you made with others when you said, Wallah. And fulfill those promises even if you didn't swear by Allah. What do you think people will think, especially non-Muslims, if Muslims always broke their promises with them? It would look bad upon Islam. So don't just say Wallah to deceive people. The disbelievers complained that if the Quran was really from Allah, then why wasn't it sent down all at once? Why did it take so many years? Well, that's simple actually. Allah revealed whatever was necessary to the Muslims depending on the time and place. Every verse came to slowly get them used to the rules. Alcohol, for example, wasn't forbidden immediately in one verse. It was slowly prohibited over time because Allah knew if He threw all the rules down at once, it would be a lot to handle. The surah is named after a bee. A bee consumes pure and gives pure, and it doesn't damage the petal that it sits on. We should do the same. Take good and give good, and do not cause destruction where we are. So this is where the surah ends and chapter 14 continues.